Hello and welcome to the download special emergency edition of the download with chief economist of RBC Global Asset Management, also known as the hardest working economist in Canada, Eric Lascelles. Eric, welcome back. Thank you so much. Good to be here. Hi, everybody. And and thanks for coming on on, on relatively short notice. Uh, a, a few kind of surprising things this week uh, started with the Bank of Canada announcement uh, on uh, tapering and interest rates, and then a couple of prints for GDP, one in the U.S., one in Canada that were a little disappointing. Uh, but let's start with the Bank of Canada. Uh, what do you was that something that 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 surprised you, and and does it change your view of things uh, as we move forward? Well, I mean, let's start with the observation that central banks as a collective entity have been surprisingly hawkish over the last few months. They've generally come in with plans either to take away bond buying or to do some rate hiking a bit, a bit more than the market had assumed and certainly a bit more than the central banks had themselves been signaling before. So Bank of Canada was was in keeping with that, that trend. And so that is to say, yes, they did come out and they were fairly hawkish. Uh, we fully expected, everyone fully expected they would stop their bond buying as of now. So that that was pretty well signaled. They've been incrementally doing that over the last year. So I don't I don't think that's a particular shock as much as that's the only thing they've done in terms of physically changing their process for the moment. Um, but they did signal that they are now thinking of rate hikes in the uh, second and third quarter of next year as opposed to the second half of next year. And so you know, in the grand scheme, we're talking about maybe they pulled rate hikes forward three months. So let's put this into the proper perspective here. They haven't suggested that a, t- a ton of rate hiking is needed. They haven't suggested the, the end level suddenly needs to be much higher than people previously thought. Uh, They've just pulled forward the timing a little bit. And I guess they've done that, and many central banks have done broadly similar things uh, on the basis really of, I guess, one main development and then maybe one secondary one. And so the main one is just that inflation remains high and central banks didn't think it would. And so I think, in fact, much of the market has done a better job than central banks at recognizing that there are a whole lot of things swirling around here and these inflationary forces aren't seemingly disappearing. And even if you knew nothing about about the economy, uh, you know, we note, for instance, that uh, an economic, or rather, an inflation surprise index that we look at is as strong as it's ever been. You know, the winning bet for inflation has been above consensus every single day for the last, you know, four to six months. And so, all else equal, you probably want to assume that we're going to keep some of this inflation around at least a little bit further. And so, central banks they still use the word transitory, and that's been a hot button word. But the recognizing transitory isn't like three to six months. It's like a you know a year or or maybe a bit longer. And so they're they're settling in. They're recognizing the inflation isn't going to go away completely in the near term. And so they're recognizing maybe something needs to be done about that. So a rate hiking happening a bit sooner as opposed to later. That that's the main story. There is kind of a second narrative just from the Bank of Canada here, uh, which is. Uh, they also talk a lot about supply chain issues, which is quite fair. And of course, that is a source of some of the extra inflation. Uh, but they're also talking about it in the context of, well, like supply chains mean that Canada doesn't get to produce as many things as it would normally be able to because we just can't get our hands on things and there are all these constraints. And so they're basically saying the potential of the economy is diminished because of that. Like we're closer to our full capacity just because supply chains are limiting our full capacity. And I mean, they're not wrong. Like our our production capacity is limited in the short run. I tend to not think of that as being, hey, everybody, the great news is we're now at our potential because it's a diminished potential. I tend to think it's a potential that's somewhat delayed and we're still working on it and it'll take a bit longer to get there. And I'm, I'm not sure to my eye that would be a reason to be raising rates a whole lot sooner, particularly since rate hikes aren't going to fix supply chain problems. The yeah. problem isn't like cheap money that's creating supply chain problems here. It's, it's a bunch of other things. Um, but, but the bottom line is banking 
Canada now thinking second, third quarter of next year, uh, markets have priced in quite a bit at this point. And so I think I can safely say, though recognizing we have lots of fixed income portfolio managers, they don't always precisely agree with one another. But I think I can say uh, with, with a fair level of confidence, we think maybe the market's priced in a bit too much of that. It's not clear to us you're going to get three and four rate hikes over the next year. There, there might there might be a couple, though. Uh, and so I think that's where we are right now as it pertains to the Bank of Canada, just a greater respect for inflation at this point. So as a uh, legendary, you can confirm or deny legendary, uh, long distance runner from Princeton, uh, you've taken your first victory lap on uh, on being uh, ahead of consensus on your inflation forecast and, and a little bit better than the Bank of Canada. A uh, long distance runner can take a second victory lap on slower growth. And that's what we got out of uh, Canada and the U.S. this week. Yeah, I guess I guess that's right. We we have, as you say, Dave. We've been looking for below consensus growth and above consensus inflation, and we've been getting that. It doesn't, you know, greatly please me because I'd like to have wonderful <laughs> growth and I'd like to have quite tame inflation. But uh, nevertheless, I guess that second best outcome is is to be right, <laughs> if not in the ideal uh, position. Uh, and so, yeah, that that does seem to be the the case. And so, U.S. third quarter GDP came out. It was two percent annualized growth, which, by the way, before the financial crisis, we would have said totally normal, totally cool, no problems. <laughs> Here, um, but you know, in, in a post-crisis world with room to grow quickly, in theory, you know, we like to see more. And so we're coming off of a quarter that was more like seven or eight uh, percent the quarter before. So it does represent quite a deceleration. Um, I have to say, it was in the realm of what we assumed. We were assuming kind of two point something, but but nevertheless, uh, I guess slightly shy of that. Uh, and it makes sense. You know, the U.S. economy was hit pretty hard by the Delta variant in in that third quarter. It was you know very much August and September. We could see that the numbers were weaker. I should say. And this is not quite confirmed, but I, I think the U.S. is going to accelerate a little bit through October, November, uh, based on what I'm seeing. And so I think we're going to get somewhat of a better fourth quarter, and we'll unwind a bit of that. But but nevertheless, you know, just the low-hanging fruit has been picked. We're not going to see growth that's as fast, uh, period, going forward. I don't know if we ever get to see 8% growth again. I'm hoping we don't, because it means something really bad probably happened just beforehand. Uh, so so that's where we are. But it, but it's still a recovery. Uh, it's just a, a slower one. Uh, and then for Canada, um, yeah, so Canada... Canada just got its official August uh, GDP number, and it was a 0.4. And so uh, that's, you know, times that by 12. And actually, that's a pretty good looking number. But uh, there had been expectation of a 0.7. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, another miss, a below consensus outcome. Uh, And simultaneously, Stats Canada is... I would say wonderfully, though nevertheless unconventionally in the business of like hinting what the next number will be before they actually publish it. So really, you could say this was a September release. Uh, and they said September growth was in the realm of zero, which which isn't great. And ah. so, you know, that's, you know, that's a bit of a surprise. Uh, and, you know, even for the below consensus types like me, uh, I, I would say we've had a weird string of GDP numbers. Like the, you may recall that July didn't grow and uh, you know credibly April and May were negative way back when but it's it's just very choppy uh, and, and I think they're likely struggling to capture some of these forces and so I tend to be more comfortable looking at uh, frank, frankly fresher numbers like employment and some of the other things out there which for the most part say Canada's been moving pretty well so I don't think the economy suddenly put on the brakes in any horrific way in, in September in fact I, I would particularly since they're, they're missing certain things the reason they didn't used to give us September data so 
quickly is because they don't have all the results. So this is uh, a guess as it stands right now. And it seems to me some of the times they've guessed a really big number, like a 0.7, it's ended up being a bit less big. Some of the times they've guessed a bad number, it's ended up being a bit less bad. So I wouldn't be surprised if they managed to eke out a, a bit of growth. But you know, more importantly, September enjoyed very nice job creation for Canada. So how bad really could it have been? Uh, you know, Canada's in a slightly different position than the U.S., for instance, in that the Delta variant kind of came later, and we saw Atlantic Canada and the prairies actually tighten the rules a little bit in the last month or so. And so I do think it makes sense that there's a bit of a deceleration out there in Canada, even maybe as the U.S. is undecelerating or accelerating a little bit. Um, but I, I don't think to the tune of, of zeros, and I don't think there's a sudden recession here or anything like that. So let, let's stick with that original thesis, which is growth is slowing. Uh, you know, makes sense. It's below consensus, but I don't think the recovery is, is off by any means. I think for the most part, the stock market and others recognize that. And you can see they've, they've generally been reasonably content in recent weeks. Yeah. And, and, and we just think about it in terms of the, of, of the pandemic as well. There's been different points along the line that we thought we were getting out of it, that we were past the worst of it. And then, boom, we, we have another variant. We have something else happen. And then we're right back in the midst of it. So not surprising that we're seeing choppy economic growth numbers month to month or quarter to quarter coming out of a, hey, once in a lifetime event, let's hope. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It is, by the way, it is amazing how when you go back, I don't know if other people do this. I always shudder when I do. You go back six months. What was I saying then? And like often it works out okay. As I see, oh, the growth and the inflation trend is largely held up. But sometimes I look back just at the prior month's webcast and I think, I thought that one month ago is sort of hard to believe. And it, it, not only does it say the future is hard to predict with precision, uh, but it also says something about how quickly you forget your prior positions, if that makes sense. And you know, tragically, though, of no economic relevance uh, in January, we booked uh, a, a winter holiday to a tropical destination and, you know, the vaccines were almost here and that was going to be the end of the pandemic and it was going to be neat and tidy. And of course, that was before the Alpha and Delta variants, which have turned this more endemic as opposed to to, to a, a limited duration pandemic. And uh, I have a younger child, and so he's not vaccinated yet. That's actually the pinch point. And so it's not looking quite like that vaccine is going to come through at least two of them uh, plus two weeks by Christmas. And so uh, apparently I made a very bad prediction in January when I booked this trip, Dave, because it's looking like we're about to back out of that. So uh, there's an example of my poor forecasting skills. Well, hey, if you're like, uh, if, if you're in the same situation as me, my wife and kids are always on top of anything that I get wrong, any prediction, any promise I made that I miss out on. So it's, it's kind of par for the course. I suppose so. In any event, no, no tan for me this winter, I'm afraid. Well, you're, uh, they can't see you on the podcast. You're looking sharp as always. Eric, uh, thanks, uh, thanks for this update on, on a couple of interesting uh, announcements this week. Absolutely. My pleasure. Uh, have a great uh, day, everybody. This recording has been provided by RBC Global Asset Management, Inc. for informational purposes only and is not intended to be investment or financial advice. You should consult your own legal, accounting, tax, investment, or financial planning advisors before engaging in any transactions.